pros do it right by relying on trusted brands to get the job done. Lowe's is here to help with more of those brands in stock like DeWalt and Little Giant. We stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. Now save $60 on a two-pack of DeWalt 20-volt max batteries, now just $99. Plus, we now offer the Little Giant King Combo Ladder, the world's first step, extension, and leaning ladder, giving you the flexibility to do just about any job for only $159. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616, U.S. only. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast. This week's episode, Pat and myself break down the RBC Canadian Open from Glen Abbey Golf Club. We put in a lot of research for this event despite the Open Championship hangover and what was one of the best Sunday finishes at a major in history. So we're going to recap that for you a little bit. We've also got some exciting news and some good announcements. And in the middle of this episode, we share a really interesting voicemail we got from a listener, and we give you the breakdown of, of our, our TJ hotline bling. And uh, I read you a crazy text that I got in the middle of our picks section. So, hey, thank you guys for continuing to listen to the Tour Junkies podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Our best show is most listens ever last week for the Open. So thank you to all the new listeners that we gained. We hope you guys appreciate the content. And we hope your screens were green. So, um, yeah, good luck, and here's the show. What's going on, Golf Addicts? David Barnett here, and I've got my boy Pat Perry. And we are ready to break down the RBC Canadian Open. Eh? We, We have to throw in some A's tonight just because it's what everyone expects us to do. The joke is old, it's burned out, but we must, we, we just must. So uh, forgive us, uh, but we are, we are we're bouncing back from the Open Championship and we're bringing you the fire tonight on uh, for the RBC Canadian. We have studied up, we've researched, we've done what we needed to do to deliver some killer picks despite a major championship hangover week. Um, so I'm feeling good. Pat, how are you feeling and how was your Open Championship weekend? I am uh, feeling great, fantastic. It was it was a it was a good weekend from a viewing standpoint of the Open. I got to watch pretty much all the coverage over the weekend, and uh, but as far as green screens, uh, not so much. I ended up. I was hoping to break even. I, I did not break even. I was I was just under that, but had some guys that really killed me. Louis Oosthuizen was one of them. Uh, had had a little sink as kind of one of my cheap plays that I. I played some, and you know I did have some Rory, kind of last minute. I just was sort of had a, had a good feeling about him, but you know most of my alignments were five of six on DraftKings, and that that just wasn't going to get you that much money this week. So, no, you had to have six of six. Um, Phil was another one that hurt, hurt oh, yeah, you, Phil, and hurt, yeah. hurt me as well. Yeah. yeah. We whiffed on old Phil, but hopefully you guys had some green screens. We actually know that a lot of you did. A lot of you guys have been tweeting us. We appreciate that. Please feel free to continue to do that when you have a great week. And we don't care how much money it is. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you can have, you can have a lineup that is just unreal and scores all kind of points, and you put it in a $5 double up, and you won 10 bucks, and that lineup may be better than the guy who put it in the, you know, club pro and won thousands so either way like if you guys put together great lineups and we had something to do with that we'd love for you to tweet us and let us know a lot of you guys did that yesterday um, and we appreciate that it was a a, a decent week um, for me I had I I didn't make a ton but I didn't lose anything and uh, I had a good little sweat going in a few lineups Um, I had Brendan Grace in a handful of lineups. I was pretty heavy on him, so Saturday was nice. I had Cabrera Bello in a lot of lineups, so his Sunday was nice. Uh, didn't have a lot of Jordan. I had him in like a FanDuel lineup, I think, and I think I had him in a fantasy draft lineup, but not a lot in DraftKings. So that, that kind of did me in. But, man, what a back nine on Sunday, and what a finish for the Open Championship. The whole thing with... Uh, the the catastrophe on thirteen. There's so many takes. We could probably we could probably use an entire podcast just talking about what happened on thirteen um, and all that went down from the crazy tee shot of Jordan to taking twenty something minutes to hit the next shot and what kind of effect did that possibly have on Kucher and 
And then the whole exchange between Spieth and Greller was pretty classic. Uh, it was just a lot of fun to listen to. And, and then, of course, just the run that that guy went on after was was unreal. It was unreal. Yeah, it was. I, I you know we can talk about fifteen, which was just awesome, but. 13 to me was something I've never, I just don't ever remember seeing. I mean, obviously the 20 minute length of time it took him to, to do what he had to do. But, um, and I, I don't hate on him for that. I mean, you know, it's, he's trying to win a major and he's in a tough spot there. And so he's trying to make sure he makes the right decision. But just the interaction between him and Greller was hilarious to me. I mean, just like throwing out like, hey, just give me a roundabout number. You know, they guessed the number, I think at like 240 or something. And apparently I heard in the, in the press conference that Jordan thought originally it was like 270 <laughs> and, and, and Grell was like, uh, no, no, you're about 30 <laughs> yards off. Um, so that was pretty cool, but just the way he came back, I mean, you know, that bogey putt on 13 was a momentum builder for him, which you wouldn't think it would be, but it was. And then you had 15, well, 14 too, you know, he throws a dart in, you yeah, know, he almost aced it. Yeah. Directly after that that terrible hole in thirteen, and then you know fifteen dropping that eagle, you know telling Greller to go get that ball. I mean that was Golly. it was just great. I don't know what it is about the Open Championship, but they have just some fantastic kind of one on one duels. You know, like we had last year with Stenson and Mickelson. It just seems like that it always pops up, and it's like like just two guys that are just battling down the stretch. But man, it was it was fun to watch. It was obviously a little bit anticlimactic, but I, I enjoyed every minute of it. It could have been cool. Now that I'm, I'm, I'm actually just thinking about it while while you're talking through it. It would have been cool if he would have just said, "Leave it in," <laughs> like, and and then just go to the next hole. You know, because he he could use another ball in the next hole. But well, they're, they're also the, in the last group. So they're the last group. That's what I'm saying. They're the last group. Had Cooch already put in? Had he already been in? No, I don't think. I think uh, he still had put. So yeah, yeah you wouldn't. Problem. But it would have been cool if he would have. <laughs> it, would, it would have. No, Mike, leave that there. Just leave it. Speaking of Cooch, <laughs> that guy, I love him, man. I know he's a tech, a Georgia Tech guy, Yellow Jacket, but, you know, I really want him to win a major. And I tweeted out, you know, on that front nine, you know, he played pretty well yesterday. It wasn't like he, he lost the tournament. I mean, Jordan just went out and, and, and won it. But he was on, like, the sixth or seventh tee, I think, and he, he hit a drive, and the tee went behind him. And he literally was just scampering around for that tee. And, and I just thought it was just such a cooch thing to do. Like, he just didn't want to litter on the tee box. He was in the last group. You know, he could have just left it there. But, no, he wanted to find that tee. And, uh, anyway, I just – I like cooch. I, I want him to win. I'm pulling for the guy. I wasn't so deep into the stats, obviously, as an adolescent when Tiger was at his prime. But I would like to see about going back and digging into this – there's no one better over the last four or five years than Jordan Spieth in, in bounce back birdie or better percentage. You know, makes a bogey or worse on one hole, and then the very next hole is making a birdie or better. There's just no one that's done that as good as he has over the last four or five years. And I would love to see where that compares to how Tiger, I mean, I remember, obviously, I remember watching Tiger play, but as far as like statistically, I don't remember. You know that being like a standout stat, or I wasn't even aware that stat existed. So I, I wonder, like in Tiger's prime, what his bounce back rate was. Because, I mean, Jordan just has has always done it that way. He's always all your your opponent almost hates to see him bogey because you know that it's coming. Like the heat is coming, and man, what he did yesterday was just sick. I mean, it was just it was it was fun to watch. Um, it was a really good open. I, I enjoyed it. It was also the most listened to podcast the Tour Junkies have ever had. Masters Week podcast this past year was our biggest, and then the U.S. Open broke that record, and now the Open has broken that record. And we just appreciate all of the support. We appreciate all you guys um, sharing the information, sharing the love. Don't hold it to yourselves, right? Like, I mean, we're not telling you how to make lineups. We're just telling you guys we like. A lot of times we're wrong, and a lot of you still have to assemble that group of of guys and put them in the right lineup. And uh, so share that with your brethren who are struggling playing daily fantasy golf and, and help us out. But we had a fantastic show uh, and a great week as we also released the Bob Parsons uh, interview. And listen, don't don't skip over this section of the podcast right now. Pay attention right now. 
You, pay attention. All right. Bob Parsons, founder of PXG Golf, uh, founder of GoDaddy, Vietnam vet, Purple Heart recipient, just really funny guy, super interesting guy, very blunt, very down-to-earth, um, billionaire, like multi-billionaire. But the guy started PXG. We had him on the podcast last week. He gave us 40 minutes, 40 minutes with a billionaire, talking golf, talking about all kind of funny stuff. Uh, we did not ask him a lot of the same questions he gets asked all the time, and I think he loved it and we loved it. So if you have not listened to that, it's a standalone podcast. We separated it out. Uh, it's the Bob Parsons PXG uh, podcast. You need to go back and listen to that. And PXG obviously making waves with a lot of big names, Zach Johnson, Schwartzel, Billy Horschel, James Hahn, um, just, just to name it, Charles Howell, just to name a few. So that was a lot of fun. You guys have got to go back and listen to that episode. It's, uh, it's yeah. really good. And don't forget we have a contest for that. So actually, here's what needs to happen. And I think a lot of you guys remembered this, but I think most of you didn't. Um, there is a, there's a tweet that we put out about the, um, about the Bob Parsons podcast. And in fact, we'll go ahead and pin it to our Twitter page. So, uh, if you go to our Twitter page, it'll be the pinned tweet at the top about Bob Parsons episode. If you retweet that, you get one entry into the contest. Then if you go to our Facebook page and like us on Facebook, just tour junkies, uh, two words, like us on Facebook, the there is a recent Facebook post with the Bob Parsons link. If you share that post, that's another entry. And then on Instagram, we posted a couple days ago a soundbite, a clip, about a minute long of some advice Mr. Parsons gave to Billy Horschel, and it is freaking <laughs> hilarious. Uh, you need to go on Instagram, watch that video, and then tag in the comment section, tag three friends on Instagram. That's another entry. So you can get up to three entries to this contest. And on next week's podcast, we probably need to do it next week, don't we, Pat? Because the, uh, the PGA is coming up on us. Yeah, so I think, we probably yeah, need I to think, give it a week. Yeah, next week's. So on Monday night's podcast, we will announce uh, the winner. We'll draw a name out of the hat uh, out of everybody who retweets, shares, and, and adds three friends. We'll draw a name out of the hat for two tickets to Quail Hollow on Tuesday, the practice round. Um, in Charlotte in a few weeks. And if you can't make it, no big deal. What we've told you to do is sell them. So just sell them and make money on them and just do whatever. We will mail them to you ASAP uh, when, you, uh, when you do those things. You got a pretty good chance of winning. Like, likely, is we're probably going to have like 50 people do that. So at most, I would think, between the three platforms. So yeah, you know, may- maybe you guys will shock us. We'd love to see more. But you got a pretty good chance of winning some tickets. So you got to make sure you do that. By the way, you're going to have to tell me who wins because I'll be on vacation next week. You will be on vacation. That's another announcement. So Pat is going to be out next week. Um, he's he needs a break. He needs a break, <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna give him a break. He's kind of getting back into the old dry spell routine, if you know what I mean. So we need to we need to we need to send Pat off for a week's vacation. Um, and we've got a short field next week with the WGC event, and I've, we've got a special guest queued up. It's an interview that I think all you guys will really enjoy. So I'm not going to have a guest host, but I am going to have a, a, a decent interview that will couple with the podcast that should also give you some really nice insight on the course for next week, uh, which I think is Firestone. Is it Firestone? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it'll be a good guest, very, very interesting guest, and it will also give you some added insight into, uh, into the venue for next week's event. And it is not a guest we've had on the show before. So as long as that works out, you'll get that plus me at the end, just giving you some picks and my breakdown, Sans Patrick Perry. Should be okay. Should be okay. Yeah, it'll be fine. You'll be okay. Um, other announcements, uh, we will be at the PGA Championship. I think we've made that pretty clear. We're looking forward to it. We will be at Quail Hollow on Friday, Saturday, and maybe a little bit of Sunday. But definitely Saturday is a big day. And also, we just learned today that our buddy Moose from uh, at the Mooseonomics, Mike Metzger, our buddy from Minnesota, is going to join us at the PGA Championship. So if you guys are going to be there, you could you could meet the tour junkies and Moose, who is the genius behind FantasyNational.com. So uh, we will be there. Fantasy Draft, our friends at Fantasy Draft are going to put us up. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be in their tent on 18 a little bit. So uh, they got their live up. final going on. They got the live final that will be going on. We're going to be excited to watch that. We'll be in there sweating it out with whoever makes it to the live final. It's going to be a lot of fun. Excited. Any anything else to add with that? 
Well, we had some a big week as far as tour junkies are concerned last week. That's right. That's right. Why don't you tell them what, why don't you tell them what we did? So, you know, speaking of the Bob Parsons interview, we, we asked him about being a .NET versus a .com because obviously he founded GoDaddy. Our .NET, tourjunkies.net, is registered on GoDaddy. And you know what? We decided we're just going to go ahead and buy tourjunkies.com. So Boom. We got Boom. So we got it now. Very we finally pulled it. the trigger on tourjunkies.com. We've been sweating it for a long time, and uh, it's it's just uh, the, the Bob Parsons interview inspired us. So uh, be on the lookout for that in about another week to 10 days or so. We should have everything switched over and appreciate the support. And, um, yeah, share the, new, share the new site. It'll be good. Also selling a lot of T-shirts on that new shop, so thanks to you guys who are buying T-shirts. That's awesome. Yeah, and keeping me relatively keeping busy Pat, Keeping Pat busy, yes, sir. Um, Okay, so we, we want to do something fun for a second before we get into the course breakdown. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, I don't. A lot of you guys may not know, but we have a voicemail that you can call into anytime you want, and it, it's a lovely message from yours truly telling you what you can do on that voicemail. You can do anything on that voicemail. You can rant. You can get mad at us for screwing over your picks. You can tell us how great we are for giving you good picks. You can make fun of us. You can call out a buddy who does something stupid on DFS, or you can ask us a question about strategy or whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want on the voicemail. And uh, the phone number is 706-6-ADDICT. We always say golf addicts. What's up? So it's 706-6-ADDICT, A-D-D-I-C-T. And uh, it's a free phone call. You leave the voicemail. It's a lot of fun. We like listening to them. We wish you guys would do it a little more, but we don't get a lot of them. Um. But but we got one last week, and, and I wish we would have gotten it in time for the open episode, but we didn't. Uh, but we want, we want to play that for you now, and, and the voicemail itself is not that funny. It's, we appreciate it. Very nice, uh, very nice of, of this guy to call. He's an Australian. We always love the Aussies. We, we have a soft spot for the Aussies. Um, so really thick accent. You might, have to, you might struggle to understand. But the best part about this is when we get a voicemail, Google translates the voicemail into you know, written words. And it's always interesting to read the written word compared to what's actually being said. And of all the voicemails we've ever gotten, this is the most jacked up interpretation <laughs> Google has ever provided. And it must have been the thick Aussie accent, but it is horrific. It's a train wreck. So we are going to play you the actual voicemail first, and then we'll come back and we'll read the, what was actually printed out from, from Google. And this is our buddy from, uh, from Australia. Take a listen. Morning, boys. Mike from Australia here, just leaving you a message. just want to give you a quick rundown on what my week holds this week. Uh, unlike you guys living in uh, the U.S., for me to get to see a major, it's going to be a little bit tougher. So I'm getting to my first major this week. I'm traveling... 10,600 miles. I even put that in miles for you guys. We're working kilometers here. Uh, it's eight hour flight Melbourne to Singapore. 13 hours on from Singapore to London. Two and a half hour train to get the first hour. We're talking 25 hours transit to get there. It's going to be ridiculous. But it's going to be great because uh, Mark Leishman is going to win. We're going to have another Aussie winning a major. And uh, I can't wait to be there. Uh, close up, it's going to be uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Maybe Ricky, Iceman Stenson, and Johnny Ram is looking pretty good as well. Um, sadly, in Australia, we don't have drafting, so I don't get to utilize a lot of the stuff you guys do, but it is good to listen to uh, two guys talking golf always, so keep up with your work. Okay. All right, so you got that. Um, appreciate the voicemail. Just really appreciate it. You guys need to call in more and leave more voicemails. Um, but, Pat, do, do you want to read this, or should I read this? I would like to read this. Okay, why don't you read it? You're going to read it exactly like Google translated it. I'm going to read it exactly. And, and it's, you know, you'll have, I'll have pauses after the periods and everything. So, okay. okay. You ready? Morning, boy. Mark from It's Tracy. Just leaving you a message. Just want to give you a quick rundown on what my call sense wait. I'm going if you guys will be meeting us. I'm ready to get the same major. It's going to be a little bit papa. So I'm getting my first night you this week. 
I'm traveling 10,600 miles. I can put that in model seagulls worth in Columbia. It's a Dell, Florida, Melbourne, and C. Nicole sitting. I was on from Singapore, London, to an offer of trying to get the birthday, which opened 24 hours transit to get there. It's going to be ridiculous. That's going to be great because my place was going to win. And I have another argue with me, my job, and account bites a beta plus shop. <laughs> it's going to be told me Fleetwood. Maybe, told me Fleetwood. Yes. Maybe Ricky, awesome, and Stanton, Ricky, yeah. and Johnny Randy's looking pretty good as well. Johnny <laughs> Randy would be a great PGA Tour name, by the way. Sounds like a wrestling name. Yeah. Salinas Drive It. I have dropped King's Done Get to Utilize a Lot of the Dog. Of, sorry, I gotta get Oh, this you right. effed that up. That's the best <laughs> sentence in the whole thing, and you just effed it up. Start over from that sentence. Okay. <laughs> You had one job, Perry. No, I was, that, I was so excited about this sentence, and then I got nervous. I have dropped King's Done Get to Utilize a Lot of the Puppy Dog Food. <laughs> <laughs> but it is good to listen to Go to Uncle Lights. I keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I keep up the good work. Not you, I keep up the good work. Oh, that was awesome. I love Ricky Awesome. That might be his new nickname. Yeah. Maybe Ricky Awesome. And Stanton, I guess that's Stinson. And Johnny Randy. I guess he said Johnny Rom. That's what he said in it. He I called think him that's Johnny Rom. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, obviously Told Me Fleetwood. Told Me Fleetwood is another one. Yeah. I have dropped King's done get to utilize a lot of the puppy dog food. <laughs> but it is good to listen to go to Uncle Lights. I keep up the good work. Click. Love it. Great voicemail. All right. Just wanted to get a little laugh in before we get to the RBC Canadian. Yeah, it is Canadian Open. All, with all due respect, I mean, it's, with a, all due it's respect a national to the Canadians. championship. Canadians are really nice guys. Listen, this will be the most polite golf tournament you ever go to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's so many. I mean, it's just, it's going to be so nice. Um, okay. Um, the only other thing I want to say, too, before we, before we get started, you guys are buying the swing caddies off the shelf and we greatly greatly appreciate that and that's awesome we're glad you guys are getting to use the promo code that's killer um ours are in the mail so as soon as we get ours we'll be demoing them and showing you guys what to do with them but uh, we are shocked at the number of you who have who have gone and, and done the swing caddy um it's uh we appreciate it it's a really good tool and it's gonna work for a lot of you guys so apparently a lot of the people who listen to us not only play fantasy golf but they actually want to get better at real golf which is something that you and i strive to do and have been striving to do for probably two decades now so um that's good to see hope you guys uh really enjoy it and get better and you know learn a little bit more about what you're uh, what you're doing with your golf and and yeah it's good and if you haven't got one go to the website and uh, go to our website and look at the very top and it says swing caddy promo click on that promo and when you go to check out you just type in tour junkies but type it as all one word and all lowercase in the little promotional box and hit apply and instead of paying 350 dollars for the swing caddy you pay 289 dollars for the swing caddy so it's a pretty good deal 60 bucks off the good savings and uh, it's a really cool device so thank you guys for 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 helping us um, move those things along. It, it looks good on us, and it makes people happy. So, all right, Pat, I'm ready for the RBC Canadian course breakdown. Eh, eh. So this yeah. is the RBC Canadian Open in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, at Glen Abbey Golf Course, which is playing about 7,250 yards. It's a par 72, bent grass greens. Um. It's a Nicholas design, which you typically see with Nicholas design is they always he always kind of puts like weird things out there, like a tree in the middle of the fairway or something, or or he likes to put hazards, you know, in in drivable areas, bunkers, that kind of stuff. So I do think it's kind of a bomber's course, but you you can't just be too loose off the tee. You gotta you still gotta be a little bit strategic. Relatively small greens that for me is going to bring in a little bit of greens and regulation and proximity. Uh, the key here, though, is the par fives. I mean, they're, all four par fives are reachable. They're all under 560 yards. 
So you're going to want to look at guys and scoring on par fives. Uh, so that's going to be something that's going to be heavily weighted for me. Uh, also on the par fours, I think they're going to have a lot of wedges and nine irons, just kind of short shots into the par fours. They're not t- terribly long. Um, you know, looking at just past champs, they played this course, so they, they kind of switch up the course a little bit. In 2016, they played here at Glen Abbey. Johnny Vegas was the champion. In 15, they were here again. Jason Day was the champion. The next time they played here was 2013, and that was Brant Snedeker, uh, who has withdrawn. So let's uh, let's all make note of that. He withdrew today, so can't play Sneds, even though he has fantastic course history. Nursing a little bit of a rib injury. He for is, and he withdrew from the, the Open last minute, too. And I actually liked him for the Open, but... Oh, well, at least he gave us a good advance notice this week and last week. Um, also of note, 2008, the champion here on this course was Ches Reavy, the Chesticle, who was yeah. in, in the field. And I, and I think probably a pretty good play, but we'll talk about him later. Um, so for me, stats, again, I said par five scoring. I think strokes gained off the tee, proximity, and also... I think scrambling is going to be big this week. Looking at the weather right now, I do think you're going to see some rain Thursday. And actually, it's going to be quite windy on Friday, especially in the morning. Looking at 15 to 20 mile per hour winds, but we'll probably, you know, we'll check that on Wednesday and tweet some stuff out. So obviously, if you're not following us on Twitter, you need to because we put a lot of good information out on Wednesday before lineup block. And then we have the SIDA, the shot in the arm chat room on Roto Grinders which is where you really get the good info last minute. So there you go. Sounds good. Yeah, we were, um, man, right up until lineup lock at 1.35 a.m. Eastern time. You were all over it last week. We were in the chat room telling you guys to go heavy on the PMAM wave. Um, We even did a phone call on our conference line for the PMAM wave. So um, the the shot in the arm is a good place to go for some last-minute information in the chat room for sure. All right, um, key stats for me, I'm, I'm going pretty simple here. I, as I looked at it and as I, I perused Fantasy National and I looked at some past performance, I, I just think it's pretty simple. I, I want scoring, 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 so birdie or better percentage for me. And I'm doing strokes gained off the tee, off the tee strokes gained approach. That's it. That's yeah. all I'm looking at. I'm looking at that in recent form. And I do like the course history angle at, uh, at Glen Abbey. So for me, that's it. We we did have a listener email us, I believe, or maybe it was a maybe it was a Twitter message. Ask our thoughts on, um, you know, players flying over from the open to immediately turn back around and play Glen Abbey uh, at the RBC. You know, I think it kind of depends on the player. I think it kind of depends on so it's not a hard and fast rule, yes or no, for me. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the same way for you. There, there are actually a lot of winners here who, um, you know, who have who played the week before in the Open. Um, Jason Day in 2015, Snedeker in 2013. I'm not sure about Tim Clark in 14 or Vegas last year, but you had plenty of people play in the Open and, and then turn around and win here. So I, I just think it's kind of I just think it depends now. I am fading a few of these people, um, but but it's not all due to that. It's it's maybe some due to pricing or just my my overall strategy for the week. So that's just my take on it. Do you have anything different, Pat? No, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I think that okay. uh, it's it's never something that is is just a major factor in the decision making I have, unless you just you see something from that player on Twitter or whatever else that they're you know nursing an injury or tired or they didn't get it get their clubs or whatever. But other than that, I'm not worried about it. All right, you ready to get into some picks? Yeah, let's go. All right, so kicking it off in the five-digit range, we got three guys, DJ, Kuchar, Charlie Hoffman, all coming over from the Open, all making the cut at the Open, obviously. Um, so so played late into Sunday. Um, it, it's, it's a full-on fade for this, for this trio here for me, and that is primarily a value and pricing slash strategy play for me i'm i'm going much more balanced this week and it's just this it is what it is um if i were going to play anybody it'd be kuchar 
So, DJ is not all that. Uh, something's a little off on DJ. The, the the Sunday round at the Open was horrific. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just the the price, you know, the price of twelve two is is a little much at the RBC Canadian for for me to take DJ when he's just not been exactly DJ in the last few weeks, especially. So no, I uh, if, he, and I he, think. Ten three is too much for Charlie Hoffman at this point. So Kuchar's the only one I would mess with, but you still at that price to be so chalky. I mean, he's gonna he's probably gonna be super high owned again at that price plus the chalk. You know, you're gonna want a top five out of him. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I'd rather take my chances on a little bit of a letdown from Cooch after a, a rough Sunday, um, and just start start building lineups in the nine K. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, DJ to me, that round on Sunday, it, I don't. I, I actually had a few people text me on on Saturday night asking about a. Uh, they were, I can't remember what the odds were, that, but they were. It was a bet for DJ to finish, you know, six or better. And I was like, yeah, all day, take it. The odds were pretty good, and he, that that his round just let me down. But so I just, I, I'm with you. I think you. you Especially in GPPs, I'm going to fade these top three guys. Um, you know, if if I were to play anyone, I, I do think, you know, Cooch is probably the, the one to play. I mean, obviously, good recent form. He has great course history here. I mean, his last three starts here, he hasn't finished worse than ninth. And all of them, he's coming off of, of the open. Uh, and then you look at, you know, he, he checks a box on strokes gained off the tee, which you, you and I both mentioned as key stats this week. So I, I, if I am going to take somebody, it's going to be Cooch, but I'm probably totally with you here. I think I'm going to fade this group. I like a lot of the, the seven and and, and uh, really a lot of the 7K guys are where I have most of my, you know, lineups starting with um, and even some really good 6K guys. So, you know, there you go. Um, I'm going to interrupt this this flow to do something uh, off the cuff here, and and this is some people like it when we do this, some people don't. Uh, I'm going to let you in on my personal life a little bit. I just got a text message during during your your uh, your last little bit there mm-hmm. from my wife, and my middle child Collins. He is about to be seven years old. He loves golf. He is my if you guys see him on like Twitter or whatever, he's my golf junkie. He loves the tour junkies he loves watching golf he loves playing golf he understands golf in fact he just played in the rob perry championship here in augusta today uh rob perry being named after pat's brother um who is is no longer with us but was a complete golf junkie um as well and overcame a lot to 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 play tremendous golf um at a young age and so my, my son collins just played in that tournament today and he didn't play that well, but um, he just loves golf. He's addicted to golf, and he's highly competitive, highly competitive. So my oldest son is 12, and he doesn't care anything about golf. He <laughs> just doesn't. Well, my wife just sent me a text message, and I heard something a few minutes ago while, while I was talking. I heard like a scream sound from, from downstairs. It wasn't loud enough for, for it, the mic to probably pick it up, but I just barely heard it. So my wife just sends me this text. Collins just came in our bedroom completely freaking out. Clearly had a horrible dream. He was looking at me like he did that time when he was hallucinating. So sometimes like he'll he sleepwalks or something and he just comes in our room with this weird glazed over look in his eye talking out of his like rear end. It's weird. She said, "I put him in the bed to get him to calm down." And I said, "Buddy, what was your dream about?" And he looked at me dead serious and said, "I was playing golf with Harrison and Harrison made a really long putt. <laughs> and then she said, then we both busted out laughing. <laughs> like, that was it. Uh, by the way, proud of your boy for, for making it into the Rob Perry Championship. I know what that championship means, not only to my family, but also uh, to a lot of the juniors in the Augusta area. So that's a big deal. And he's, what, what, he's probably one of the youngest kids there he right the he was the youngest <laughs> now he also finished dead last so that's um, okay hey look but yeah this competition man he's he, he hit some good shots he, he just he got into a couple of bad habits out there today and we couldn't we couldn't overcome but it was fun to right. be there um all right getting back to it uh 9k range i like i like 
really I like one guy, and that's Tony Finau. I like Finau. He's played here. He's only played here one time, but he top twenty five it when he did. Um, he did a little better at the Open than I thought he would, and obviously in really good form. I mean, the guy hasn't missed a cut since the Players Championship. I mean, you talk about strokes gained off the tee and scoring. That's that Tony Finau checking boxes. So. He's actually the only guy in the 9K range I like. That's, um, so that's the first guy I'm going to roster is Tony Finau. Anybody, uh, anybody in the 9K for you? You agree, disagree? I, I do agree. He's probably my top guy there. Um, you know, Kevin Chappell, I think, is, is right now, he's sort of the, the one player I, I, I can't quite decide on. He doesn't have a great course history, and he really hasn't been in, in good recent form despite kind of a, a three-week stretch you know, five or six weeks ago where he was playing really well, but um, he's missed his last two cuts. Uh, so I just, I think right now Kevin Chappell's a fade at that 9K range. Um, I am going to play a little Bubba. I'm going to okay. play him. I think... He definitely surprised a lot of people at the Open. He did, and he's been playing a little better lately. I'm okay with that price at 9400 Let's not forget he's still one of the class players in this field. Checks the box on strokes gained off the tee. Also, par five scoring. We know that he should be able to eat the. I mean, this course should technically, if he's driving the ball decent, should play play like a par sixty nine at least for him. But, um, so I do think Bubba is certainly worth playing. I, I like the price, so he'll he'll be in some lineups. I mean, you look at. I mean, again, I, I was surprised at last week. I I didn't think he would be even close to even making the cut again. Yeah, again. And he's right. got a second-place finish at this course two years ago. So I'm actually thinking about something here. Hang on. Let me, uh, let me pull this up. You know, Bubba is an interesting play because, let's see, it, it seems like more so than ever, even like when we first started doing this in 2015, more and more people love to hate Bubba Watson. Mm-hmm. And I do understand he's had a bad year, and he's a polarizing guy anyway. So, you know, a lot of people don't pick him just, you know, don't take him just because of that. And listen, we talk about it all the time. Golf is one of those events, the one of those sports that's so highly variable. And there's 120, 40, 50 players in every field each week. If you just hate a guy, you don't have to play him, and you'll probably be okay. Like there'll be a couple tournaments a year, depending on who it is that you hate, that they'll burn you. But for the most part, you don't have to play him. It's not like football. So. You know, if you just hate Bubba Watson and you don't want to play him, that's fine. And I do understand the year has not been good, but if you're looking at this, what I wanted to do is pull something up. In the DraftKings GPPs where the entries, um, uh, where the entry amounts were $20 or less last week, okay? So your more smaller to mid-priced entries, Bubba was 1.28% owned. <laughs> 1.28. Now, in your higher dollar... Entries. Um, let's see. So, like your your Thunderdome, your Country Club, your Club Pro. I'll even throw in the Millie Maker in there because that's a pretty. Um, Bubba Watson was. Where is he? Bubba Watson is way down at the bottom. Okay, here he is. He was one percent owned. <laughs> so I don't know. Like you, you definitely could get an ownership edge having Bubba. And this does seem like one of those core. I mean, I didn't have him, but I think the more I think, you know, when you were talking about him, I I kind of might lean towards a little Bubba exposure just because if he's going to round into form right now, you want to be on the front end of that. Not, not after it already happens. And, and he's showing signs, like we like we he said. He is. He is kind of showing signs, and, and with such low well, ownership, yeah, putting pretty well. And I think Finau is definitely going to be the chalk here in this area. I still like him, but I think he will be. Um, I mean, he made seventeen birdies at the Open. That's yeah. That's um, that's not bad. Finau made eleven, and they both finished. Didn't Bubba finish tied for twenty seventh? Yeah, see. he was in the top thirty. No, they both finished tied for 27th. Bubba made 17 birdies, and Finau made 11. I mean, if yeah. You're, if you're pivoting off of Finau, Bubba's I think I'm good. adding some Bubba now, just for that reason. Wow, this, All right. this is like a his, historic moment on the podcast. Well, I mean, you're wrong. It's not like you talked me into it. You just gave me an idea, and I kind of ran with it. Uh, okay. All right. So you're not going to give me credit <laughs> for that? No, I'm going to give you a little credit for that. 
Um, all right, let's get into the 8K range. I do like a, a, a handful of guys here. Um, I'm taking the the weeks the weeks rest, and I'm going to get on Keegan Bradley again. I was on him for uh, for a few weeks there. The Greenbrier, he kind of let me down a little bit, but I like this event for Keegan strokes off the tee um, and a score as well. I uh, was in pretty good form before before the Greenbrier, but 8900, I like him. He'll find his way in a lot of my lineups because I'm, I'm going pretty heavy towards the average price line. One of my favorites is Ben Martin. Um, really mm. like. Ben Martin at 8,200. The guy's playing really, really well. He right really now. is. Yeah. Um, and and he's also he's another scorer. He's a good par five scorer. He's a little bit under the radar as far as a scorer. Um, Patrick Cantlay, I'm on. He's 8,100. Everybody's going to be on him. I'm sure of it. Uh, it's probably chalk that I'm going to go ahead and eat. He hasn't missed a cut in six starts uh, all year. He's he's definitely played played well. He's top ten at twice. He's a scorer. Um, he's at 8,100, which I, I just love. So I, I'm going to be pretty heavy on those guys. And I'm going to get back on Danny Lee. I, I think Danny Lee could go a little bit lower on this week. I, we'll, we'll see what the chatter is with Danny Lee. I could end up having less shares of Lee if he's, if he's getting talked up. I feel like at, he missed the cut at the John Deere, um, or he withdrew, actually, at the John Deere, but he was playing horribly in the second round and withdrew but before that was in really good form um so i I think i'm i think i might see if danny lee is going to have a little suppressed ownership and i'm gonna i'm gonna ride him because i feel like this is one of those courses where he could pop and come up and win so in the 8k range that's that's all i got i'm not going graham to let the canadian i'm i'm getting off of him yeah how about you uh, I, I agree with you on on Graham Dillette, but I am going to have my Canadian pick of the week here later um, because you got to pick at least one Canadian this week, don't you? You do. I think you do. I actually don't have one picked right now. I'm looking okay, at well, my I have picks. one. So if you I'll don't have, have one, that's fine. you'll have to but, talk me into one, maybe. And I'll try to talk you into one. Um, I like I like Lingmurth this week at 8800. That checks the box on proximity. Also, I looked at on Fantasy National. Strokes gained on par fives. He is ranked number three in the field. Uh, you know, he puts very well on bent grass greens traditionally. Um, so I think I think Lingmurth at 8,800 is interesting to me. Also, J.B. Holmes, obviously, if you're taking that bomber angle, checks the box on the strokes gained off the tee. He's at 8,500. I think that's a pretty good price for him. He's only played here twice. Um, made the cut last time he was here at Glen Abbey, but finished almost dead last. But in 2009, he was in the top 20. Um, has played rel- relatively decent his last few weeks. You know, he had a tenth place or ninth place finish a few weeks ago. So I think JB Holmes is 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 just sort of a guy that the price concerns me a little bit, but I think that he's just. For some reason, flying in just under the radar a little bit. Also, looking at Lingmurth, he's only played here once. Uh, but the one time he played here, he had a 12th place finish, and that was at Glen Abbey in 2013, so the year Snedeker won. Also, at the very bottom, our boy Grayson Murray at 8000 Now, look, you may be thinking that's a little bit high price for that guy, but he won last week. You may have missed it. But he did win the Shaving Cream Classic last week. <laughs> and so, and he's just, he's been playing pretty well. You With know, 26 I mean, birdies. Now, that was a birdie fest, but 26 yeah. birdies is a lot. Yeah. And he scored 136 a, DraftKings points. <laughs> he's a scorer. And, yeah. you know, before that, he did have a, have a withdrawal and a miscut. But, but then you look even deeper, and he was, he was playing pretty well. So, I think Grayson Murray at eight thousand. You know, love him or hate him on Twitter. Don't let that jade your thinking on whether or not to play him on DraftKings. I and mean, I think he's he's a good play this week. So I do like Grayson. So I, the moral of the story is we're we're heavily going to be balance balance lineups this week because we named almost everybody in the eight K range. We faded everybody in the ten K and above. Hmm. There's a lot of guys in the sevens I know we like. So that, that, I mean, that's, and that's what I think the right strategy is. You just got to pick the right combination of, of these six guys. 
uh, in this cat in this range to to hit on. So that, that's clearly the method here. It may be the chalky method, but you just got to get the the right combo. Lingmert scares me a little bit after that eighty six at the Scottish. I mean, I know it was two weeks ago, but that that freaking eighty six was nuts. And he was coming out of form at the Greenbrier too. I mean, he I, he he played well for like five weeks in a row, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, David Lingmert!" And then he. He kind of slipped back at the Greenbrier and finished T64, and then he missed the cut with a trunk-slamming 86 on Friday at the Scottish. By the way, why did he play the Scottish when he wasn't in the Open? That was kind of weird to me. I mean, I I guess it was a good field. I guess if he could have won, maybe, and got played his way in. but Yeah, but if he played the John Deere, he might have had a better shot. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to be there, be closer to, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I just, that 86 scares me a little bit. The other, the other thing I think we have to talk about in the 8K range is what to do with Poulter. I mean, Poulter is, he's a new man after his, after Brian Gay discovered that he should have been, you know, he, he should have his tour status, full tour card. I mean, if you remember that back in April or May, I mean, that was the week before the Players' Championship. He comes out and finishes second at the Players'. And since then, he's not missed a cut, and his worst finish is a top 40, is a T45 with a second at the Players' and a ninth at the at the Scottish and a 14th at the Open. I mean, you can't argue his form. I'm not sure. I mean, this is his this will be his fifth week in a row traveling from uh, from England um you know, over here to uh, over to Canada, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with him. I don't ha- I didn't have him written down as a guy that I'm really targeting, but I'm not mad at you if you just want to play him. I'm not going to fade him purely off of like the travel factor, but I don't know. I guess he's another one that I'll just kind of wait to see on. He's definitely interesting. I mean, did you see his, like, sand save stats last week? It was ridiculous. Like, he was he was just money from those tough bunkers. And the funny thing about him was I actually did have a little bit of Poulter exposure last week. And he was on all over Instagram during his practice rounds of the Open. And most everything he showed, like it, it was literally like I had to like click through that, I guess that Instagram live because he just, it was just so many shots that he was hitting. But a lot of them were out of bunkers. And every single one he was hitting out of a bunker was going within like a foot of a hole. And I was thinking, you know what, this guy is just on his game around the green. So I, yeah, I could see playing him. I don't have him much right now, but I'm kind of like you. He's not really written down. But as the week goes on, I may. I may see, I may throw a little pulse in. All right, so I started off the ten, nine, and eight k range. I have a lot of guys in the seven k range, so let's let's go through this. But who who do you have? Let's let's start off naming a few. I, I'm guessing your Canadian play of the week is Nick Taylor. No, it's not actually. Oh, okay. So what are you going to do with Nick Taylor? I, I do like Nick Taylor, but he's just not he's not my favorite Canadian. So. I mean, I think- Nick Taylor at this event at Glen Abbey is minus 10 strokes gain total in three tries. He's just not, he doesn't play this golf course well. Yeah, I, he's, I, he's I, missed I'm, two cuts also, and he's never finished higher than 53rd. Well, yeah, that's why he's obviously minus. I mean, yeah, the, well, exactly. the two missed cuts in the T53 are a result of being minus 10 in strokes gain total. In, I'm in just throwing the, the yes. actual numbers behind the no, I numbers. Get that. I get that, and he's had some. He's had a good. I mean, four top tens for Nick Taylor is pretty freaking good. I, I would be willing to say this has been his best tour, his best year on tour. Um, you know, a little inconsistent here the last month or so, but I mean, whatever. I, I thought he was going to be your guy, so I had a stat queued up ready to throw at you. All no, right, so, my, so who's actually your guy? my favorite Canadian is in the set, is in the six K. So I'm not okay. I'm not gonna so we'll get there, but. If we're, I'm just like you. I mean, I love this 7K range. I think if you're looking right at the top there, Gary Woodland at 7,900 is a good play. Checks the box on the strokes gained off the tee. Um, he played well in the open before the weekend. He kind of crapped the bed a little bit um, on the weekend. But uh, I do I do like Woodland. Uh, obviously, par 5 scoring for him. He's a he's a bomber, so he, he scores well on these par 5s, which he, are very gettable for him. You know, looking at course history he hasn't really played here that much he's only played here once so you can't really factor that in all that much but and he's he's kind of disappointed a little bit from a recent form standpoint as far as outside of you know he's he he puts like a couple good rounds together 
and then he, he sort of falls apart a little bit. But I do like him still this week. He can make a ton of birdies. He can make some eagles. He can score on DraftKings and any other fo- format like fantasy drafts. So I, I do like Woodland. Also, back on Kevin Tway this week at 7,700. Another bomber. He's never played here, but he was 12th in his last event two weeks ago. Uh, I guess that was a John Deere Classic. He's still making cuts, playing well. Uh, should be able to eat up this course. Checks the box on par five scoring for me. So I do like Kevin Tway. And then I'll throw out in the middle the guy I mentioned earlier who won here in 2008, and that's Ches Reavy. You know, the guy's just playing really well re- lately. Um, he's number one in proximity in the field. Um, so I think, you know, Reavy is certainly worth a play. He's got, you know, other than the win here, his last three times playing at Glen Abbey, 31st, 41st, and 14th. Uh, you know, great recent form. He's got a, a top, you know, two top tens in his last five starts, including a fourth-place finish. All right, you're rambling now about Ches Reavy. You're rambling. Okay, I like him. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm a dog. <laughs> uh, um... All right, I'm with you on Reavy. I have him. I have him checked off. I won't go into more dreadful detail about Reavy. Also with you on Kevin Tway. I had him written down for the same reasons you do. I'm out on Gary Woodland, and I would disagree with the fact that that boy is a scorer because bull crap. I roster Gary Woodland all the time, and the guy never freaking scores. And if I'm looking at his birdie count in the last few events, and even this year, it's garbage. He is a he is a good cut maker par guy on a difficult course like he can do that but to be so freaking talented and hit the ball as long as he does he is a he's horrible eight, he's scorer. eight in the field in strokes gained on par fives great that's on strokes gained par five I'm, I, I get that on par fives i totally get that but most of the course is not a par five and he sucks at making birdies on par fours and par threes he sucks i have him all the time and he does it to me all the time I, I, I'm so pissed off at Gary Woodland right now. I can't even explain to you. God, I didn't realize you had such a disdain for Gary Woodland. Yeah, I do. So, anyway, I'm out, I'm out on He's him. He's also, by the way, top 10 in the field in strokes gain on par fours, but whatever. You know, that's fine. Okay. Um, guys I like that you did mention, um, I, I do like Luke List. I, I I feel I don't know. I like Luke List. Okay, I'm not going to have much that much of him, but strokes in off the tee, birdie or better. I'd rather have Luke List than Gary Woodland. I'll tell you that much. His form is not that great, so I'm I'm, I'm going to be a little hesitant because of that. But he's and he played also here. Can't putt worth it. Well, but he's he's played here twice, and he's made two, and he's had two top twenty fives both times. I, I like Luke List for that reason. I'm also going to go a little bit. I think this might be kind of a contrarian play in this range, and that's James Hahn. Um. He's played here three times, never missed a cut in the last five years, and, and with one top 25. Played at the Open. He is a guy who played at the Open, but, you know, didn't, didn't finish all that well. But I think it's kind of a – it feels like a bounce-back James Hahn pop-out-of-nowhere week. That's, that's all i got to say. He's kind of a gut call for me. We, we've been having those lately. James Hahn's my gut call. Two guys that I really, really like. In fact, my favorite guy in this range is probably Chad Campbell at 7,500. You talk about a guy in some form. Chad Campbell, 18th at the Barbasol, 12th at the John Deere, 9th at the Greenbrier, then miscut at the Travelers. It was playing super difficult. 10th at the FedEx St. Jude. I mean, he is like lighting it up since, the, since about middle of May. And the only miscuts at the Travelers when the, the, the course was a little more difficult. I love him on this easy course. I mean, he just played the Barbasol, made 21 birdies at the Barbasol. I mean, he's, he's killing it right now. He's had two rounds, two rounds not in the 60s in his last 12 rounds. So at 7,500, a cut-making, scoring fool is Chad Campbell. And another guy I like who right now has really been pouring on the form, and I, I tweeted about him yesterday, and that's Scott Stallings. The guy shot a 60 at the Barbasol on Saturday um, with like 11 or like 10 birdies and an eagle or something like that on, on Saturday. I mean, it was, he was in the zone. Followed it up with a 71 on Sunday, so that wasn't all that great. But, um, but uh, you know, third at the Barbasol, fifth at the John Deere, 
Scott Stallings is playing to keep his tour card. So he's trying to move up. He's one of those guys, you know, we're going to start talking about that here in the next few weeks, these bubble boys that have got to keep playing events and got to have good finishes. And I think that extra drive and that extra motivation, if you know about it leading into it, is really important. So don't forget about those kind of guys. Uh, The FedEx Cup playoffs are coming. And if you're not in that top 125, uh, you know, you're on the bubble. You, you got to be careful. So Scott Stallings is one of those guys who I know a few weeks ago started focusing on that, and it's shown right now. So I like him. Um, other than that, well, I have a, I have a note here. <clears throat> Sorry. I have a note here to fade Sean O'Hare. I don't like Sean O'Hare. Also, um, minus, 10 stro- minus 10 in strokes gained total in his last four attempts at this golf course. So clearly... Not a fan. Ollie Schneiderjans at 72. I like Ollie. Another good score. We haven't seen him since the John Deere. He's rested. I kind of like him for this golf course. I could see him strokes hand off the tee, birdie or better as well. He he hits the boxes there. Um, and then Patrick Rogers definitely checking boxes. I mean, I've I've never used I've never been on Patrick Rogers. In fact, we have a little side wager that we we talked about uh, off the air for Patrick Rogers, and that is that he would not win a tournament by the end of the 2018 season, right? Isn't that right? Correct, I believe. So, meaning, um, like, like I through, took him to win. through September of next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to win by then. Yeah, you think he's going to win one? I, I don't. We'll figure out what the, what the, the stakes are for that. Uh, but definitely, you know, coming off the... the the second place finish of the John Deere where he gave it away on Sunday. 24 birdies that week. Don't mind 7,000 for him. And I don't mind 7,000 for Nick Watney just below him. Another score. Good on par fours. Um, missed a cut at the John Deere. Maybe maybe lowers his ownership a little bit. But I, I like him bouncing back. So those are all the guys in the 7K that I like. I know we mentioned a lot. But it just shows you that what our strategy is this week. So who do you like in there that I maybe didn't mention, if anyone? Well, you pretty much mentioned everyone. So. I did. I did kind of mention <laughs> everyone. The only guy I will back with you is, uh, well, I'm, I'm, several of you mentioned that I do like as well, but Ollie, I'm with you. I think, you know, 7,200, I think he's a, a, a really good play. Proximity, strokes gained approach, which you mentioned earlier is a key stat. He checks a box there. So I do think he might be a little bit chalky in this range, so I'm going to be kind of paying attention to that and maybe yeah, looking at um, – you know, the folks over at, um, what's that ownership site? <laughs> Fanshare Sports. <laughs> Fanshare Sports. Looking at them um, because I do want to see where he is, but I do like Ollie this week. So there you go. All right, kick off the 6K range and let's button it up. All right, I'm going to start with the 6K range with my Canadian play of the uh, week. David Hearn. And that's going to be David Hearn sitting there right there at the top at 6,900. He's, uh, you know, in pretty good form. You look at his last one, two, three, four, six start or seven starts. He's missed one cut. He's got two top ten finishes. Um, you know, he's played pretty well here. He did miss a cut last year, but at Glen Abbey in 2015, he finished third. So I like David Hearn. If you're playing a Canadian this week, he's going to be my guy. So there you go. Also... Brandon Hagee at 6,900. Checks mm. the box on strokes gained off the tee. He, I think he can score on these par fives out here. So I do like Brandon Hagee. Trey Mullinax is another guy that we've been on lately who's just been playing really well. Bomber should be able to work his way around this course and score pretty well. And then Matt Jones at 6,800. He is top 10 in par five scoring in this field. So he's another guy that I think that, you know, in this range, I, I do like a lot. Um, you know, looking at course history for Jones, I'm going to ramble here because I didn't have it up. Uh, I'll just let you go now because I Good can't. Good Lord. <laughs> it's, a, it's, Canadian. it's a Canadian open week. Uh, um, well, I, I, I love Trey Mullinax. You know I love Trey Mullinax, but I'm off of him this week. This will be his eighth week in a row playing golf. Like At some point, you just got to be tired. Yeah. I do think the course sets up really well for him, but it's just his eighth week in a row. He's, he's been playing a ton of golf. Uh, I'm out on David Hearn. I guess I'm just going to be out on Canadians this week. I, I'm not going to have 
hardly any of them in my lineup unless they are Canadian and I just don't know it. Actually, I do have one Canadian I will play. I'll, br- I'll bring him up in a second. Um, I do like a few guys in the 6K. I mean, I'm not going to have a lot of exposure to these guys. None of these guys will be in probably 10% or more of my lineups, that's for sure. But Cam Tringali, 6,900, just had a great week at the Barbasol. Brandon Hagee, I'm with you. Uh, par 5 scorer, birdie or better, strokes in off the tee. I like Hagee a lot. Also had a good week last week. You know, Ryan Palmer is another guy that's kind of like Bubba Watson. People love to hate Ryan Palmer, and, man, he has fallen from grace. I mean, this guy, again, when we first started in 2015, he was he was kind of a, kind of a cut maker, like kind of a scorer, cut maker kind of guy. He would always be in like the mid to high 7K, sneak up in the 8K range. He's just been a total scrub lately. You know, maybe a GPP play. He's got a win here, which might make him feel a little, you know, a little comfy, but not going to have a lot of him. Um, <clears throat> Seamus Power. Ooh, I like Seamus. I like Seamus. I mean, he's he's rounding into. He's got some good form cooking right now. Um, top twenty five at the Deer, top eighteen at the at the Barbasol last week with a twenty two birdies. Um, so I'm liking a little Seamus. Jason Kokrak at sixty seven hundred. I think that's kind of a. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of a steal. Another par five guy. Another strokes gained off the tee guy. Missed the cut at the Greenbrier, but, um, you know, played well at the Quicken and the Travelers, which were both difficult golf courses um, that week. So Jason, Jason Kokrak's another one. Um, so the one Canadian that I will touch will be Mackenzie Hughes. I don't, I don't mind a little Mackenzie Hughes. He's, you know, in sneaky good form as well. Hadn't missed the cut since the Dean and DeLuca. Um, top 20 at the Greenbrier. He's a Canadian. Played a lot on the... Um, What's the uh, what's the Canadian mini tour? Is it the McKenzie tour? I, I think it is the McKenzie tour. Yeah. Actually, he actually played on that, so um, you know he's definitely familiar. Um, other than that, maybe a little Garrigus down at sixty six. Uh, I'm shocked you're not going to say Scott Brown at sixty five. I mean, I might have a little brownie, but I, I feel like the length. Yeah, well, it's, not, it's not really a long course, but he doesn't like courses where bombers can really take advantage. I, I don't know. Um, so that's that's probably it. I don't want to get too crazy and start naming a bunch of weird names. Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I like to, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, the powers, I think, is a really good play. I looked at Eagles gain, so we're talking about scoring. Let's get really detailed here, but on FantasyNational.com, Eagles gained. obviously you get, some points there on DraftKings for some Eagles at eight points. So, I mean, Seamus Power and Brandon Hagee actually are in the top ten in this field in Eagles gained. That's the deep stat of the week for you. Yeah. All right. Um, we got to get to one and done. Oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I know who mine's going to be, but let me check and make sure I haven't taken him. Hang on. I feel like I just took him. By the way, I took, uh, well, I mentioned Fleetwood on the podcast last week. That's what I took in the open. I took Brandon Hagee at the Barbasol, which kind of sucked because he finished 42nd. Who did I take? I don't know. You didn't, I don't know. Um, Did I take Fowler? uh, I don't know. I'm looking at it now. I I know who I'm going to take because I I just looked at it and I I haven't taken him yet. I'm going to take Ben Martin. Ben Martin's my guy. I I need some help. Okay. I got to rethink this whole one and done situation yeah, next year because I'm terrible it. at this. Me too. I took Stenson last week and JT Poston in the Barbersaw Shaving Cream Classic. How did uh, How did Poston do? He was. He did okay, 40, didn't he? Forty oh, no. second. No, no, he didn't. Okay. Eleven thousand dollars. All right, so I'm going to go with. Do I dare take Bubba? What place are you in right now? Uh, three or hundred and sixty-fifth. Ooh, I got gotcha. you. I'm at hundred and forty-ninth. Oh, so we got a little battle going on. Maybe yeah. we should do a bet on something like how that. we finish. Yeah. All right. I'm so gonna go you, Bubba. You're gonna take I'm, Bubba. All right. I'm taking Bubba. Yep. I don't mind it. Don't mind it. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast once again. Remember to check out the Bob Parsons show. By the way, uh, I just got a killer graphic made 
for that podcast. I can't wait to share it with, with the world. Don't forget the contest associated with that. Retweet, share on Facebook, tag three friends on Instagram. You can find the pinned tweet. You can find the post on Facebook, and it's our latest Instagram post as well, advertising the Bob Parsons Show and win your tickets to the PGA Championship. Um, there's the Swing Caddy promo. There's the T-shirts we got in the in the store. There's uh, the live final that you guys need to play in over at Fantasy Drafts. So you can come hang with us at the PGA Championship. And, um, yeah. All that good stuff. Thanks for listening. Pat, we uh, we won't have you next week, so enjoy the vacation. I look I forward to uh, to having you back for the for the following week as we kind of wind down the uh, the season. Yeah. Kind of crazy. All right. Thanks again for listening. May your screens be green. See ya. Oh. Looking for the perfect solution for dinner at home tonight? Pick up a homemade family bundle from Carrabba's to check all the boxes on your dinner list. Literally, feed up to five, starting at $7 each. Check. They're made from scratch. Check. Choose from homemade spaghetti and meatballs, Carrabba's classic family recipe lasagna, and more. Check. Served with salad and bread. Check. Wait, I'm out of boxes. Order a family bundle starting at only $34.99 at Carrabba's.com to feed your family dinner tonight the quick, easy way. Carrabba's, Italian worth talking about. Looking for the perfect solution for dinner at home tonight? Pick up a homemade family bundle from Carrabba's to check all the boxes on your dinner list. Literally, feed up to five, starting at $7 each. Check. They're made from scratch. Check. Choose from homemade spaghetti and meatballs, Carrabba's classic family recipe lasagna, and more. Check. Served with salad and bread. Check. Wait, I'm out of boxes. Order a family bundle starting at only $34.99 at Carrabba's.com to feed your family dinner tonight the quick, easy way. Carrabba's, Italian worth talking about. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing the all-new RAV4 Hybrid. 208 combined horsepower and standard all-wheel drive make it the most powerful RAV4. Plus, with its head-turning style and breakaway speed, it's bound to change the way you think of a hybrid. The all-new RAV4 Hybrid. Toyota. Let's go places. Horsepower. Ratings achieved using the required premium and lead gasoline with an octane rating of 91 or higher. Premium fuel is not used. Performance will decrease.